As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to another Head of the Pack. Bill? What did you just say to me right before we started recording? <laughs> Maybe they are going to make the playoffs, Matt. <laughs> this is the one I thought they'd lose. I thought beat the Bears and Rams, whatever. Those are those teams suck. Who cares? But they're going to lose to Miami. Miami is good. Green Bay is not good. They're going to lose. Well, Green Bay wins this game, and they're half game out of the playoffs, Matt, with two to go. Maybe you should trust uh, me and Rob, the optimist. Although I did say on last week's podcast that – I ultimately thought they would not make it, which still might happen. But man, we've said it before. And Aaron Rodgers said it after the game last week. Um, Beating the Bears and Rams is one thing. Those are two of the worst teams in the NFL. Let's see what they can do against the Dolphins. Let's not let those other two games fool fool them. Bill, I mean, they beat the Dolphins 26-20. And granted, I did say Tua was not good. And holy hell, he is not that good. But... You know which team ranked first in the NFL in percentage of passing plays resulting in 16-yard gains or more entering this week? Miami. The Dolphins, the most explosive passing offense in the league. And granted, they got, they got theirs in the first half, uh, the 84-yarder to Waddle, the 52-yarder to Tyreek. But man, the, the Packers shut out one of the best offenses in the NFL in the second half. Got, got to give credit where credit is due. The offense left a lot on the table. Um, they had field position. Let me see here. They started drives at the Dolphins 49, the Packers 38, the Dolphins 14, the Dolphins 9, and the Packers 36. All great starting field position. Didn't score a touchdown on any one of those five drives. Four field goals and an interception. They went two for 14 on third down, two for four on goal to go, two of five in the red zone. To win a game when you have offensive stats like that, that's impressive. The offense did just enough, but the defense carried this team today. Yeah, and that's what worries you in the long run. I mean, maybe they'll get to the playoffs, maybe they won't, but in the grand scheme of things, is any of this going to matter? To your point about field position, they had a 100 57 yard advantage in field position, 157 yards. 
these they they don't play complimentary football whatsoever. Um, this game should have been a blowout, right? With Keyshawn Nixon and the in the interceptions, they they should have they should have rolled these guys. Probably should have beaten up the Rams pretty good. Should have beaten up on the Bears, and they just they need to. It shouldn't be this hard, Matt. And I, for the world of me, I can't figure out what's wrong on offense. Bill, they beat an eight and six team. What do you mean? I, but they're 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 plus three in turnovers, right? They're, they're plus two until the final drive. Shouldn't they have rolled these guys? I no, I, 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 I guess I'm, confu- I'm stuck on the offense. <coughs> Excuse me, we're all sick, Matt. Um, I just can't figure out why the offense is this. I didn't want to say inconsistent. It's just not good. Yeah, they got to get it figured out. Li- listen, last week we said, oh, they're not playing well enough against the Rams and Bears to, to beat the Dolphins. Now it's they're not playing well enough against the Dolphins to beat the Vikings. Like what? I'm not. I, I like this back and forth because. Sure, winning ugly, quote unquote, against the Bears and Rams is one thing. But if you win ugly against a team like the Dolphins, I think you take that 10 times out of 10. You take a, an ugly win 10 times out of 10 anyway. But um, listen, I understand what you're saying, that the offense needs to get things figured out. And they do. But Christian Watson got hurt. They were hurt by Keyshawn Nixon leaving. Um, Aaron Rodgers missed throws that he doesn't normally make. But at the same time, they got timely key contributions from Mercedes Lewis, Patrick Taylor, uh, Robert Tunyon had a big catch. Aaron Jones is clearly banged up. Mm-hmm. And they still find a way to win. And all season, we've been harping on good teams find a way to win. The Packers are not a good team. They are not finding ways to win. So I think even though it wasn't the prettiest of wins, we have to give them their credit for finding a way to win against a team that is currently in playoff position, one of the best offenses in the NFL or most explosive offenses in the NFL against, you know, a very mistake-prone, big-play-prone defense, and they got it done. Yes, that's all true. Despite the flaws, listen, like I said, We've been getting on, and rightfully so, all season about not winning these kinds of games. The Packers of old would have given up a late touchdown drive, but this happened against the Giants, happened against the Commanders. Um, It's happened numerous times this season, and we say Packers just aren't that good. I think, I understand where you're coming from, I think they finally did what we've been asking them to do all season, so we got to give them their credit. Because guess what? For as easy as it is to say the Packers should have won this game by more, you can make the argument the other way, that the Dolphins should have won this game significantly. I mean, they only got three points. Uh, We can say, oh, the the Packers only got three points off this turnover, off that turnover. Dolphins only got three points off a terrible, terrible fake punt. Running Dallin Levitt right up the gut deep in your own territory. Two was throwing the ball right to people. Like, I just think we got to give the Packers their, their due. Granted, this could mean nothing come this time next week. They could be out of the playoffs. Uh, I don't know mathematically, but, you know, realistically. So uh, I think this is a very impressive win for the Packers. Yeah, I'm not dismissing any of that. Um, look, I, again, I thought Miami would win because they're really good, right? They were they had, they had more 40-yard touchdown passes than anybody, more 40-yard completions than anybody. Um, Tua was number one in passer rating. But – Jalen Hurts, look, I'm looking from the super big picture of, yeah, who cares about the playoffs, right? I mean, 
it's it's title town, right? I mean, nine and eight in the wild card. I mean, are they, are they going to hang a banner? No. So I guess I'm looking at it from the really big picture of if they get in the playoffs, that's nice. But but what are you going to do with it? Jalen Hurts isn't going to throw you four of them, right? Well, you guys, I guess two or through three. So he's he's not going to throw you three. Chances are, at some point, you've got to. Aaron Rodgers needs to play more like the Aaron Rodgers we were accustomed to seeing. I mean, he had Christian Watson wide open on fourth and one and threw to like five yards over his head. You, you just can't miss those. And you're right. You get a healthy Aaron Jones in there. That changes everything. Missing Christian Watson, a big deal. You get Watson, and it goes back to the whole conversation we've had for months now. You get Watson and Dobbs out there for a lot of snaps. Maybe you're going to be okay, but you, you, you keep waiting for Rodgers to start playing on Rodgers. Here we are in, in week or you're 15 games into things, and he's the whole hum quarterback. So that, I guess that's where I'm coming from. Of If they make the playoffs, well, good for them. But what, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, but I, I don't know if we should hold this Packers team at this point up to the standard that we've held the last three years to because of the injuries, the um, the new stuff on offense. The uh, granted, I should I was about to say the defic- deficiencies on defense, but. I think we have to adjust our standards. Granted, coming into the season, if you had said the Packers are going to be seven and eight and fighting for their lives to make the playoffs, we would have said that's a failure. But I think we—I think it's fair that we can adjust our expectations and standards as the season moves on. I think I don't think the Packers. Let me rephrase. Coming into this game, I would have said the Packers need vintage Aaron Rodgers to to make the playoffs. They didn't get vintage Aaron Rodgers by any stretch today, but they still won. So they might need it next week, though. I mean, uh, I would advise the Packers not to wait until halftime to guard Justin Jefferson uh, (laughs) like they did last game when he had three catches for 26 yards in the second half, and he still finished with nine for 184 and two touchdowns. But I think they can get away with Aaron Rodgers making a couple mistakes as long as they're not too costly, if Keyshawn Nixon is okay, if some other guys are healthy, if the defense plays even a little bit worse than this. Because I think we do have to, you kind of hinted at it, we do have to take into account their number one wide receiver was out today, Christian Watson, for for a good chunk of the game. Their number one kick returner who took a kickoff 93 yards. I mean, the dude is unbelievable. He He missed part of the game. Aaron Jones is clearly banged up. Yash Nyman, a shoulder injury. Then Royce Newman comes in and has a false start and a holding penalty. That's a big part too. And what if they get David Bakhtiari back? Like, I don't know. I I think some of the throws you see Aaron Rodgers make today, he doesn't miss those often. But at the same time, he made a couple throws today that nobody else on this planet can make. That throw to Mercedes Lewis, kind of just flinging it on the run down the sideline. I don't know if anyone else can make that throw on planet Earth. So you take the good with the bad with Rodgers and hope that the good like that kind of nullifies the, the overthrow of Christian Watson on the fourth and one. So what I'm saying is I don't think they need Herculean Aaron Rodgers to make the playoffs. It would certainly help uh, just in case the defense doesn't play like they did in the second half today in the final two games. But um, I think you also have to take into account what was around him today. Watson, Nixon, banged up Aaron Jones banged up Yash Nyman. 
And, and we have to take that into account as well. I think you'd agree. Yeah, that's all true. Um, you know, speaking of, of Nyman, boy, that's going to be a hell of an injury part this coming week, Matt. Yeah. If you're facing Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith with Zach Tom and Royce Newman, woo, good luck. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, I thought the interesting thing coming out of the locker room was, was uh, with Rasul Douglas saying at the podium that Coach OG, a.k.a. Jerry Gray, yeah. cursed him out at halftime. Maybe he should start cursing him out all the time. I mean, this is the now. Well, I keep waiting for the offense to play like it has, and it just hasn't done it. This is the defense I think we all expected. Mm-hmm. Because that is a – if you just look at the names in the back of the jerseys, that is a great secondary. <clears throat> and they finally play like today. And I, and I realized two, two or three of them a couple, but that interception by Rasul Douglas at the end of the game was amazing. He's on Tyreek Hill until he's not. Until yeah. He's, I mean, I- Rasul Douglas's senses are unbelievable. I watched that playback, and at first glance, it was like, oh, Tua threw it right to him again. And then no. I heard Adrian Amos say he baited him into that throw, and I watched the playback, and, and he's right up. He's not playing soft on Tyreek Hill on the line. He is right up in Tyreek's Hill, Tyreek Hill's grill on the line, and Tyreek runs a slant, kind of does a stutter step and then a slant, and Rasul just lets him go. You know how dangerous that is to let Tyree Kill go wide open over the middle? Because even if you have good, good leverage and a good angle from the far side safety or a middle linebacker, he can turn the corner with ease and be gone. There's keeping receivers in front. Then there's keeping Tyree Kill in front. That's two completely different things. And the way Rasul backs off and reads Tua like a book into that uh, post route that Mike Gesicki runs, and it just throws it right to him. It was incredible. And those are the kinds of plays that Rasul made last year, mm-hmm. the clutch, heady plays that got him that contract extension. He's regressed this year. There's no doubt about it. But he made a huge play when it mattered most. He said after the game today, I know the plays they like running, and I'm going off field, trying to keep it in front of me and keep him in bounds. He knows Mike. they want to get Mike Gesicki out of bounds. He knows they probably don't want to go to Tyreek Hill over the middle because of the likelihood he gets tackled inbounds and they have no timeouts. And he said that after the game, he knew where that ball was going. And Adrian Amos said it best. He baited him into that throw. Jair Alexander. He reminded me of Rasul last year. I called him primetime last year because he was always making primetime plays. He did it again tonight. So he was primetime. And then we celebrated in the end zone. Great play. Yeah. Douglas afterward. And it's such a cliche. The interceptions come in bunches. I don't know that I believe that, but if they do, you know, maybe these guys are trouble. I mean, Kirk Cousins could throw you some. Jared Goff could throw you some. And then who knows, right? There, there are some signs. They just got to get healthy, which is we've been talking about all year. And look, they, they haven't been, like, super injured all year. Let's, let's face it. This is a pretty healthy team. But, man, they got to they get 33-9 they back out there for these, for these last two games, last, or last six, whatever the number is. Listen, I don't know if they're going to get three interceptions in the fourth quarter again, but – like I said, that Jaron Reed, uh, uh, the Jaron Reed play cannot be overlooked. Right. The, the headline is the three interceptions on the defense, but that Jaron Reed play was the turning point. Miami's up 10 at midfield. Could go up 17 before half. Game over. Jaron Reed strips Raheem Mostert. 
recovers the fumble. Packers go down, get three points, score on their opening drive of the second half. That was a massive, massive play. That saved the game for the Packers, I think. And he's a guy who's, who's flashed in spurts, but that, that was his biggest play of the season. Then Devondre Campbell comes up with a pick. Preston Smith gets a sack. Jaron Reed gets a sack. Innis Gaines plays some snaps in the slot after Keyshawn Nixon goes down. They, they got important snaps from guys you don't normally see on both sides of the ball. Like I said, noted third down threat, Patrick Taylor. Mercedes Lewis, who was clocked, I believe, by next-gen stats at 17.22 miles an hour. I asked him after the game, <laughs> you know, uh, you want to take a guess what you were clocked at? He was like, what? I said 17.22. He goes, nice. <laughs> he said it's been a while since he's felt like that making a catch. Aaron Rodgers gets 20 miles an hour. But uh, – Unlikely contributors, and that's why I was saying I think uh, – I'm not saying you were trying to diminish this win, but I think it's equally as impressive because of who the Packers did it with and given what they were up against. Yeah, Patrick Taylor, you talked about the third quarter. Patrick Taylor had the 17-yard check down on third and nine, which he's, he's wide open. Then on the on the next play, on the, on the deep shot to Lewis, he had the blitz pick up on that. Um, and then – you know, some someone else I need to signal here too is is Devonte Wyatt, who had a good game last week, and on the ensuing possession effort, it's twenty to twenty. He has a pass rush. Actually, has back to back pass rushes, um, that result in two couple of throwaways, and they end up getting the the missed field goal. So Wyatt's coming on. Reed Solly had a pretty good season, I think. So, um, momentum something. I know Rodgers has kind of joked around about it, but. You come out of this one with with three in a row. Who knows? Hey, I, I think this one it, belief is such a cliche term, but I don't know how real or fake the belief was after they beat the Rams and the Bears. The belief should be real after this one. Should be, and I know they got stomped by the Vikings last time. Not even really stomped. Stomped in the first half, twenty three to seven. They couldn't get anything going on offense. They got to get healthy. They need Keyshawn Nixon, Yash Nyman, and Christian Watson healthy. This week is going to be huge for that. Um, but it's not like the Vikings blow people out. They're beatable. They have a point differential of plus five this season, and they're 12-3. and three. In Green Bay, it's a winnable game for the Packers for sure. The Rams just put up 51 on the Broncos. I mean, that's absurd. Nathaniel Hackett's not going to have a job in a couple of weeks. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Um, the Vikings have... The Vikings, after beating Green Bay, was a 23-7 in week one. Their last, all the 11 wins since then by one score. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, they they come back from 33-0 to beat the Colts. And they did a 61-yard field goal to beat the Giants. I mean, if they were if they were a cat, they'd be in their 18th life by now. Unbelievable. Yeah. Let's get to some questions. Yeah, we got a lot of Aaron Jones questions, Matt. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people that think that Matt LaFleur has forgotten about him. The guy's hurt, right? I mean, he's been in the injury report three weeks in a row. Yeah. But he gutted it out and seemed like when they needed him out there, he made some plays. Um, I think, I don't know, I, we'll ask LaFleur about it, but you just think they're trying to trying to just get him by. Right. A little bit of Jones, a little bit of Jones, a little bit of Jones, and hopefully that he's ready for these last two games. I think it's got to be the goal there, I would think. I asked Aaron Rodgers how much Aaron Jones was playing through, and he said, you got to ask him. I'm not sure. I know he was dealing with some stuff last week, and I heard he was dealing with some stuff this week too, so probably a decent amount. Um, so 
I would I would venture. I know Aaron Jones talked after the game today. I was not in on that interview because I was waiting on Jair Alexander um, to get back to his locker. So I did not hear what Aaron Jones had to say, and I have not seen the transcription from that. But Aaron Jones is one of the toughest guys on the team. He's going to play through it. But getting him healthy is is certainly key. Yep. Here from Matt Hurley, since we've been talking about playoffs for quite a bit of this, who would actually be afraid of the Packers if they made it into the playoffs? I would say everybody besides – I think everyone Hell, should. even Philadelphia. I think everybody would be afraid of the Packers. I think everybody should be. Everybody. So it's still Aaron Rodgers. You know, he, I realize his pass rating is going to be maybe the lowest of his career, and he's bordering on career high on interceptions. I get all that, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. And he's still capable of putting up 350 and five touchdowns on you. Yep. And they, they, though it hasn't come together consistently enough, they still have the ability to change a game on defense like they did today in the second half. They have the ability to change a game on special teams with Keyshawn Nixon. It, it's not like the Texans where, or any other team that, that stinks, where they just don't have the guys capable of, of winning any game. Aaron Rodgers said we can beat anybody. That's because they can beat anybody. But he's also right that they can lose to anybody. They have the talent on that team to win any game. It hasn't shown up nearly close enough. But if you get hot, and they've gotten hot a little bit here, for a three-game stretch in January, guess what, Bill? You're going to the Super Bowl if you get hot at the right time. Now, I don't know if the Packers can put it together for 12 straight quarters in the playoffs, but I'm sure this league has seen crazier things. Yeah, it's a, it's a big play league, right? And Keyshawn Nixon gives them big plays, and that secondary can give you big plays, and 33 can give you big plays, and nine can give you big plays. Um, they're not the best in the league by a long shot. But in the playoff setting where, you know, it just takes, sometimes it just takes a break here, a break there. They got a shot. Here, you're on, I'll ask you this one from uh, O'Hearn 22 because you're on Jair. What defensive adjustments were made? If so, is the defensive performance or, yeah, is the defensive performance can be consistent? They didn't make any, did they really? It was just. No, I mean, up, he, wasn't it? he did say. In the second half, we made a lot of adjustments because it was more urgent to us. Then I said, it's only 12-minute halftime. How many adjustments did you actually make? He goes, shoot, I don't think we really changed much play call, and we just knew, all right, this is how they're attacking us. This is how they're beating us with explosive plays. Then after that, it was over. Makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LaFleur mentioned pass rush. Um, I know Preston got there a bunch. Wyatt was active. So, the, yeah, I think the pass rush certainly helped him out. But, look, just, just don't let guys get behind you. Simple, simple stuff. Yeah. From the Quinster 90, with Yash Nyman going down, what's the plan moving forward? Obviously affected our ability to run. Oof. I don't know if they have anything else they can do, can they? I, I was thinking about this earlier because I, I favored some of these co questions. Mm -hmm. I don't know where else they go. It's not good. Not good. Yeah. You can't start Royce Newman in a in a winner go home game. I just don't think you can. No, um, I'll have to watch the tape back to see how he played. But and I know you don't want to do too much five. shuffling. But if Bakhtiari comes back, do you move Zach Tom to right tackle after he's played left tackle? 
I don't know. Probably, so, right? The dilemma. I guess I'm, I guess if Bakhtiar hasn't practiced in three weeks now, I mean, suppose it, I suppose it is Dave Bakhtiari. I mean, he's capable of doing it. Yeah. From uh, Chris Butler, is Joe Barry saving his job against all logic? Second half defensive stats are impressive, but I don't want to give him credit. You have to. Got to give Joe B credit. Or maybe Jerry Gray, who knows? One of them deserves credit, but listen, there ain't nothing you can say about Joe Barry after this one. Sorry. We've been as hard on on him as anyone, but he deserves his credit today. Not for the first half, obviously, but for the second half. Listen, we talk about the passing after how they started the game running on the ground. Sorry, I'm pulling up the GSIS. The Dolphins ran for 82 yards. Granted, 4.6 yards per carry. That's not bad, but... Mostert's longest run came on his first run of the game. Or, no, his longest run was 17. He ran eight times for 45 yards. That's better than the 220 he ran for, you know, (laughs) in the 2019 NFC title game. Yeah, Tua had 82 yards in the second half. He had 84 yards on the touchdown to Waddle in the first half. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. What do we got um, from Riley Kelly. Sorry if I'm butchering your name, Riley. Packer success ratio on third or fourth and short and tossing a bomb, like 5% driving me nuts. Yeah, probably I get it, Riley, but you're not asking that question if Aaron Rodgers throws a better ball to Christian Watson on fourth yeah. and one. That's true. Because if that, that play works, you say, oh, genius, genius. Right. It's, 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 it's a right crap Because... Nobody's expecting that. And then on the other, you, you sneak big dog out on a fourth and one. You run a QB sneak on a fourth and one. It's, but like on a third and on the third and one before, uh, I don't know if it was the Dylan. Did AJ Dylan pick up one of the fourth and ones or was that? No, I don't think that was the Rogers QB sneak one, but um, AJ Dylan runs up the gut on third and one and gets stopped. So you can say run under center, AJ Dylan doesn't always work. Sometimes you got to switch it up. So sure. Would I like to see in hindsight, would I like to see something shorter? Of course. But if Rogers puts a little less juice on that ball, you're calling everyone a genius. Yeah. That's how it works. Isn't it, Matt? It is. Nobody, nobody criticizes the play caller until the play doesn't work. Paul Woodhead was the Dolphins squib kicking their second kickoff through through fear of Nick's returning it, or a, a low-key highlight of the season. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers thought so. I mean, we talked about it last week. Yeah, I mean, I think that was just trying to catch the Packers off, side, or, or off guard. I don't think that was trying to keep it away from Nixon, because what, you're, you're guaranteeing that, or you're banking on Nixon returning it to the 45? Can't do that. That's just dumb. Yeah, was that a squib, or do you think it was an onside? I think they were just trying to blast it right at Josiah DeGuara and have it bounce off him, and then, and then they recover it. Yeah, see, I was thinking maybe it was a squib kick that just accidentally hit him. I guess I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't read. Uh, oh, that's a fair point. I guess yeah, I, I didn't. I, I, don't I, probably know. I saw this question earlier, and I should have, I should have read uh, McDaniel's transcript for an answer. I, I'm just, dropped the ball on that one, Paul. 
Good question, though. Yeah. What I do know the Dolphins did on purpose was that uh, encroachment on second and two at the end of the game. Mike, so credit to Mike Spofford, Packers.com, for pointing that out. And then we asked, or I asked Aaron Rodgers about it after the game. He said, yeah, that was on purpose. And it was smart by them. Matt LaFleur said they contemplated declining that. And it kind of gave, it, it gave the, the Dolphins a chance. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Matt. What, do you do, what would you do on that one? Because I'm thinking, as this happened, as I was thinking about it too, but I'm thinking, also thinking, is it a sure thing the Packers gain a first down? If you don't, if you don't take the first down that they're giving you, is it a sure thing no, that you're going to get one to begin with? No, I think so you, I'm thinking you probably should just take the first down and be happy. You, get one. you should probably take the first down. So I get the Dolphins thinking, and I get the the fans thinking for questioning it. Um, but I probably would have taken the first down just out of how this offense has run for most of the season. Yeah. Great question from Bruce Siski. Matt, how in the hell is this happening? Like we've said, it's the backers. They have the horses to do it. They're not dead yet, as Aaron Rodgers said. If they man up on Justin Jefferson, I think they can win out and make the playoffs. They still need help. And let me see what time the Commanders game is next weekend. It is noon o'clock. Noon against the Browns. If the Commanders lose that game, then it gets real. (laughs) Then the Packers have a lot more to play for because then if they win out, they make the playoffs. It gets real, real. It already is real, real. So from the B-17 barrage, do you think the Packers are going to make the playoffs? So here's the deal. Green Bay's got at home, they've got Minnesota and Detroit. Washington is at home against Cleveland, at home against Dallas. Cleveland's not very good, um, but Deshaun Watson's there. and So you you got to figure Cleveland's at least got a fighting chance. And, and who, who knows who Washington's quarterback is? They benched Heineke for Carson Wentz on Saturday. Carson Wentz is capable of losing anybody. And then it comes into week 18, Dallas at Washington. Will Dallas have any reason to play anybody? Bill, that's the wild card there. It, like, the good thing about the Giants losing yesterday is this is an or thing, not an and thing. So the, the Packers need the Commanders to lose one of two or the Giants to lose two, two of two. Giants host the Colts. Giants should win that game, obviously. And then they play at the Eagles. Eagles are probably going to be resting their guys. Um, I think. They already have, yeah, I don't they, know. I mean, would you? If you look, I don't think Matt LaFleur rests his guys after it happened last year. The so one, the they, Eagles they also, play to win? They don't have the one seed locked up yet. Yeah, I figure they're going to, right? They play New Orleans at home next week. But so I, I'm I going guess to assume it, Philly has that wrapped up. I guess it doesn't matter because – the Packers played the Vikings and the Vikings are in contention for the one. So for the Eagles to play their starters or have the one seed to play for in week 18, let's assume they beat the saints Packers would need to lose to the Vikings and then it wouldn't matter anyway. So um, let's say the Eagles play their backups against the giants. Gardner Minshew can still win a game against the giants. He almost did it against the Cowboys. 
Exactly. So, uh, listen, I'm going to stick to what I said last week and say they fall short. I'm going to be a coward and not say whether that's going to be the Packers lose a game or they win out and someone else doesn't lose enough. But I'm going to stick out and be a hater, not a hater, but predict that they still don't make it. But I would not be surprised if I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't think they get in either. I'm sticking to my guns because I was I'm going to be stubborn now, man. I'm just going to dig in my heels. <laughs> I, I think Washington beats Cleveland. And I think Dallas has got nothing to play for. And so Washington wins that game too. Because Washington is going to have to win to get in. And they're going to be playing in Cooper Rush and whoever the hell the Cowboys third string running back is. So I think Washington wins out and gets in the playoffs and Green Bay is left out in the cold. That's what I think. Fair enough. Here's a question for me to you, Matt. How is 40, how is 40, it was a 49 in kickoff basically. So how does 49 feel in comparison to zero and minus five that you were here at during the practice week? It was actually pretty cold here. Okay. I was wondering if it's nice, if it's nice because your body's used to freezing or if it's still 49. Also, I think that video of it snowing here, I think that was fake because it was not snowing here. Um, listen, it was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. It was chilly. But it was nothing like the negative seven I walked through at the airport from my car to the, the door of, at Austin Straubel International Airport. My, I, I can guarantee you, I'm making a guarantee right now. My car was on empty gas when I was driving to the airport. I filled it up halfway so it has enough to start because I've been in a situation before. When I got back from Detroit last year, my car did not start because it didn't have enough gas in it. I was told it might've just been because the battery sucked. I've since gotten a new battery. I have plenty of gas in my car. If my car does not start when I get back to the airport tomorrow afternoon in green Bay, I am going to be furious, furious. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't start. Cause it's so freaking cold. Um, Christmas dinner in Miami. What do you got? Uh, well, they had a nice Mac and cheese, uh, ham, Salad spread at the game, some mini corn dogs. But I just picked up some Doritos, some peanuts, and a bottle of water from the hotel front desk. They had some pepperoni pizza out after the game. Nothing too much. I'll hop on a call with my family after we get off this podcast, catch up with them. They're back in Connecticut. But, uh, man, I couldn't have asked for a, a more entertaining game to cover on Christmas day. I hope you and your family had a good Christmas bill back in green Bay. How was it? It was great. Colder than bleep, but yeah, it was great. So fantastic. All for right. People, for people wondering last note here next Sunday against the Vikings high of 37. Oh, fantastic. That's a summer day. So there you go. Well, we can't thank you all for listening. All we ask for as reporters is to cover games that mean something and we're getting what we want. I don't know if the Packers can be mathematically eliminated next week. I'll have to check, but they're right back in the thick of this. And by this time next week, we could be saying the words, the Packers control their own destiny to make the playoffs. And all they need to do is beat the Detroit Lions at home. Who the hell would have thought that a month ago when they were leaving Philadelphia at four and eight? Not I, not you. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to yourself. But we'll be back with another podcast next week after the game. 
Uh, we're both sticking to our predictions that the Packers don't make the playoffs. We will happily take egg on our faces because I love covering playoff football. We will see. This season has been nothing if not intriguing. And that's all we can ask for. That's all you can ask for as fans, I guess. Um, so thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Adios.